1: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's George here from Envision. And today's and Buzzwords, we're going to be talking about the new privacy policies that Apple will be launching this coming fall. Today with me, I've got Marino, our email marketing specialist, who is going to be uh, talking to us about the potential implications of these rule changes and what it means to you as a consumer. So Marino, I guess my first question is, what are these changes that are coming
2: from Apple? Yeah, basically, Apple is coming again trying to change the rules of everything, in this time with regards to email marketing. Um, Privacy policies are a very trending topic. We are constantly hearing more stuff related to privacy policy, and now Apple decides that, coming along with this new updated iOS 15, uh, a new, let's say, implement a new standard in terms of protection uh, of information that every single subscriber has. So with that, Apple will basically push a question to every single Apple user if the user is willing to share the information with the sender. And this is, of course, it's a very, it creates a very a, a consistent and big implications in mail marketing if you are just relying on open rates. For sure. So
1: this kind of falls in line with you know the cookie conundrum that's also been in discussions a lot in our in our industry and the implications of not being able to appreciate the audiences that are whether they're coming to your website whether they're opening your emails not knowing your audience as a organization makes it that much more complicated and difficult for a marketer mm-hmm. to be able to position the right solutions For that customer. Exactly. Exactly. So there's two trains of thought here. One is the privacy side, which I'm certain most people could appreciate that they don't want their personal information out in the world being shared, which is fine. But on the consumer side, we also want to be served information that is relevant to us to make our experiences online better.
2: Exactly. Yes.
1: So one of the most recent... When the iOS uh, update started rolling out, I did get a notification on my device saying, you know, do you want this app or this app is now tracking you? Do you want to allow it or dis-
2: disallow it? Yes. Yeah, so you, yeah, you're going to have a choice. Right. Maybe making a very simple analogy. Imagine that you go to the same restaurant every single month. and The waiter observes you and then he knows that you prefer ginger ale instead of Coke. Okay. And every single visit, you go to the same restaurant and the waiter observes you again and then hands you a ginger ale because he knows that you like ginger ale. What Apple is changing this relationship now is that, okay, do you want, George, that the waiter goes to you offering you a ginger ale only because he's observing you? Do you accept? Do you are in accordance with that? so apples basically trying to establish a clear rule a clear relationship with all the parties so if i'm willing to have a very personalized experience experience considering all the possibilities that all the marketers can, marketers can do okay i'm in so i want to I, I, I i'm not i don't have a problem i don't have any objections to pro, to provide my personal information uh, at any the single 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 singular level but on the other hand if I have my restrictions, so I have an option to say no. And then that's why we have so many, so much, let's say, buzz right now, a speculation about what's going to happen if I don't have, let's say, the, the single information, the, the primary metric, which is open rate available.
1: Yeah, I think part of the complexity and the difficulty here from a consumer's perspective is they don't necessarily know what's being tracked yeah right they so we all abide by the browsers and the rules based on how the browsers are developed or when you opt into a an email list you understand that you've just put out that this is my name this is my associated email address i know a lot of people who actually create multiple email accounts for things that they'll sign up for, so that their primary mailbox doesn't get bombarded or inundated with, you know, unsolicited information or, um, you know, soliciting, you know, opportunities, deals, whatever, flyers. Um, but what I do find interesting is that we are we are okay with getting a great user experience. We want to get delivered and served information that's relevant to us. So I've subscribed to a lot of websites, a lot of newsletters that are things that are of interest to me. Mm -hmm. The difficulty is I don't know how that information is now being utilized or manipulated to take advantage of me. And I think that's the big problem is when you have these gigantic social enterprises like the Facebooks of the world, Google, Twitter, YouTube, they're obtaining a lot of insight about you. And the fear, I believe, from a consumer's perspective is, well, what's being done with that information to manipulate me? I think, Mm -hmm. you know, so what are your thoughts on, let's start with that. Like, What are your thoughts on how the consumers, or what have you seen in terms of what the consumers, what their apprehension is? Because a lot of this is being really fed to us by big media. You know, Facebook is dangerous. Um, What happened with Cambridge Analytica and all the information they captured was dangerous. Mm -hmm. I see newsletters, personally, if I'm opting in to a newsletter... And I've given consent. I want information. That's me giving consent. When I sign up to social media sites, somewhere in the terms and conditions, I'm certain I'm giving consent. Of course. But there is this gray area where you don't know how much consent, unless, of course, you're a lawyer and you've read the terms. And even then, I'm sure there's different points of view. So what are your thoughts? Have you heard anything from the consumer's perspective on why they feel this is important? to them?
2: I think, first of all, we have to understand that big players like Apple, Google, Microsoft, they have a lot of power. And then there is a kind of society demand for, not regulation, but some kind of extra level of protection, because exactly, as you just said, nobody knows where my information goes. So I believe that very soon, privacy policy will be the standard. So. Uh, Apple is doing that basically as a response to the customer's uh, expectation. Okay, I have a choice to provide my information or not. So again, as a consumer, probably I will give my consent to a specific brand because I want to have a very personalized and incredible experience with that particular brand, but at the same time, I will have an option to say no to another brand. I think this, the option to have an option, will be the big change from now on. And as marketers, we have to deal with this new reality, trying to probably doing the the fundamental, which is create good content and provide a very incredible and, and, let's say, relevant user experience.
1: So how far does this get stretched, though? Because, you know, recently in Canada, we had CASEL, the Canadian Anti-Spam Laws, Mm -hmm. which basically stipulated that in order for organizations to position marketing information in people's inboxes, they needed full consent. So now that this has been rolled out over the it's been a couple of years, give or take for Castle now that's been rolled out. And if I've provided and given full consent, at what point, what other things, because one of the recent insights that we, we, you and I spoke about was the removal of people's email addresses from the tools that we use. So we won't necessarily know in, for example, MailChimp, if George Arabian actually opened that email, right? Where currently we can, because I've consented to providing that. Mm -hmm. So when now we strip away the name, now what other things are we looking at? Just generic novelty kind of metrics, you know, or how do I know if I can remarket back to George? Does MailChimp retain that information
2: privately in their databases. No. So how is that going to work? <laughs> no, 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 no. Basically, yeah, just to clarify, the only for, the only metric that won't be available anymore, it will be open weight. So if you are in a position that so far you believe that open weight represents a big metric for you, a big number for you, you have to bring your expectations to the reality that because that metric won't be available anymore. The change is now being conducted by Apple very soon by Google, and then, as I said just minutes ago, probably, I don't know, maybe one year, two years will be the standard. So as marketers, I think this particular moment is bringing to us a reflection that we have to back to the fundamentals. So as marketers, we have to provide content, relevant content, content that is engaging, content that pushes every single subscriber to deliver what they want. So the question is, As a marketer, as a brand, you are providing to your subscribers, to your audience, the information that they want. And then, in my opinion, to be honest, the most interesting and more relevant metric to measure this level of engagement are clicks. So I truly believe that campaigns will become more click-centric because ultimately, open rate doesn't pay the bills. So someone needs to click on your content in order to go to your site and then buy something. So making again an analogy, analogy as a website, you can have the better designer in the world. You can have the best image on your website. You can have a beautiful website. But if nobody's click on it, what is the point? So this this
1: kind of uh, <clears throat> this kind of goes against our principles, which is very you know, trying to avoid the clickbaity stuff, you know, which I think is going to really start to surge. Like people are going to look for ways to get people to get that so they can get the clicks. So you're going to get a lot more clickbait type content out there that's going to draw your attention so that you do engage and you do click. But is that going to translate into conversions for you as an organization? So it's going to be an interesting, interesting way to do things. So That leads really nicely into the consumer side of it now, because, you know, as an organization, as a marketer, what we always want, what we always talk about is consumer centralization and and putting the right messages in front of the right consumers for the type of business that you're running. So a recent experience that I had, which I disallowed one of the tools on my iOS to to follow me, I, I... said, I don't want you to follow me anymore. So they stopped, basically it took a few days, but the information that I was being now fed in my feed was very different than the prior when I was allowing them to Mm -hmm. follow me. So it almost seemed like they now no longer really knew who I was. So I was getting information that was like, you know, not necessarily what I would necessarily want to look for anyways Mm -hmm. in my profile. So how how does that impact the consumer because ultimately if you want to be fed and served information relevant to you you're going to have to allow these companies to track you exactly right yes. so you if you want a good experience your choices are I'll roll the dice and I hope that one day I get something in my feed that's relevant to me or I'm going to have to allow Google Facebook Mailchimp Twitter, YouTube, whatever, to actually track me. Mm-hmm. So it kind of goes, they contradict one another.
2: Exactly. Yes. Right? They're, yes. ve-
1: they're, they're, they're very conflicting. So what, what, are, what, are, what are marketers to do in that event? You know, like we know that Google is going to be removing caching from their browser in January 2022, I think is the new date now. So what does that experience look like now for the consumer?
2: Well, assuming that as a consumer, if I'm willing to share my information with a specific brand, in other words, if I sign up for a specific newsletter, uh, although I I won't provide to the sender the information that I open the email, okay, again, I believe that's my belief. I think the marketers and the brands they will have the challenge more than now, more important than now, more relevant than now, to provide a very useful and relevant experience to that particular subscriber. Why? Because that particular subscriber, when signing up for a newsletter, probably is looking for a solution for their problem, and probably they sign up for the in, from different brands as well, not necessarily from just one. And then who is going to win? The one who will provide more relevant and consistent information to your needs, addressing to your problems, the solutions, solutions that address, are addressing Uh, To your problems. Um, I believe in this context that the fundamentals need to be revised. So, what is your main call to action? You are talking about your customer problems, you are addressing those problems in your message. So, if you're not doing that, you're not serving your consumers properly. Consequently, your consumers won't pay attention to you because. We have to face the reality. If you're just opening mails and just looking at the emails, okay, I can do that eternally. But what is the point? As a brand, you are investing, looking for conversions. Right. So after six months, depending, depending upon the industry, depending upon the, the company, it, it, it varies. But after, let's, say, let's try to establish a very simple, just an example, a threshold. After six months, if nobody's clicking on your emails, what is the point? Of course. The problem that the person's not necessarily looking for your emails right now, or not longer interest on that particular need that previously he was looking for. Right. So the question is how you push your subscribers to look for more information about your offer, about you. That's why I'm really excited actually, because I believe that we will now start a new area, a new phase where all the marketers need to be pushed to be even more creative, to provide an even more relevant and incredible experience to our subscribers. Revisiting this call to action, revisiting how the email is designed, revisiting the message, uh, analyzing how we can include more conversational instruments and components in our message. I'm really excited because I think the challenge is
1: good. Uh, and I agree with you. I think there's going to be some interesting new opportunities. I think if we forecast the sorts of things that, as you mentioned, what consumers will be looking for, ultimately as a marketer, we're looking to create opportunities for our customers to get their customers to convert. Mm-hmm. So it's an entire ecosystem. It's it's from the nomenclature, the narrative in the email to the call to actions to then the experience that they're getting on the destination page that you're sending them to ultimately, right? So this entire thing needs to be planned out cuz it's not it's not singular. No. Right? It's not just this one email that I'm sending out that yes, it could be written beautifully, it could be designed very aesthetically pleasing. But ultimately, when they get to the destination or whatever call to action you're positioning, it has to convert. So, But this goes back to how restricted are we going to be if every consumer on the earth decides that they want their full privacy? How do we as marketers now leverage the insights we have today because those are going to change,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Like we're going to start getting less and less insights about the consumers that we're marketing towards so I think there's going to be as you said there's going to be a shift and an exciting shift I think to give us the ability to experiment in new ways that we haven't been able to do before because it's going to be a challenge but I think ultimately these huge platforms that rely on advertisers and marketers they generate billions and billions of dollars annually they're going to have to figure it out too so the Googles and the Apples and, and, you know, the email providers, these organizations rely on marketers to help our customers market on their platform so that they can generate revenue. Mm-hmm. That's not going to, they're not going to allow that to go away. Some way, somehow there's going to be tools out there that are going to allow us to get the analytical insights we need to do the jobs for our customers. Correct.
2: Yeah, I believe in part. Yes, I believe that the, the mindset will needs to be changed because again, if I'm creating content, I'm creating content to push subscribers, consumers to my website. So, I think the people who are complaining or concern with the end of the open rate availability are the ones are those who are so far comfort to see a big number because when you are sending a campaign, you see, okay, we are generating 20, 30%, 40% per rate. So that means that 40% of my audience is opening my mails. And then eventually I believe that they will be converted as clients, which is not a, which is not a true. So right. I think it's, 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 a, it's a paradigm shift. We have to think a little bit different. So we are investing time, resources, capital in order to create content. And that content needs to push subscribers down the funnel in order to deliver to them the answers that they are looking for. Consequently, as I mentioned earlier, campaigns will become, in my opinion, more click-centric. What I mean by that, that more um, resources will be required for marketers to to understand the analytical part from every single campaign. So how many people are visiting the website coming from emails, how much time they are spending on the website looking for more information. Because you can't forget that emails, they exist basically in specifically to nurture a prospect who is looking for more information. That prospect is not ready to buy now. Only, f- According to some studies, only 5% of subscribers are capable, knowledgeable enough to buy now they need to be nurtured. So email marketing exists as an incredible tool, in my opinion, to nurture a specific subscriber. You have a bias. <laughs> you have a bias <laughs> until the moment when they are ready to buy. Yeah. So that's incredible too. Of course. It, it, that's incredible for a couple of reasons. First of all, because you are giving consent to, to the sender to receive the content. Right. Second, because tomorrow, I don't know if Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, they will exist. Right. You own your list. Yes. You have 100% control on it. So, but at the same time, you have to understand that on the other side of the table, we have people, and people, they change their needs. So again, you have to back to the basics. Think about my sales cycle. It takes how much time? Three months? Six months? And then analyze, you have to, have to reverse, ana- make a, a reverse analysis. So how much time it takes to me to convert a prospect into um, a client? Mm-hmm. And then revise my content calendar and develop a proper content, uh, email marketing content that pushes your subscriber to, inform- to the information that they're looking for. We have to back to the basics. And we think about how we interpret metrics. Open rates are good. Yes, probably uh, so far it was an interesting metric to analyze and test. Uh, subject lines, so the A-B test, A-B test, test challenging two variants of two subject lines, it won't be available anymore, at least based on open weights. Uh, welcome series, any kind of automated flow based on open weights, it won't be available anymore. So this kind of metric that so far are, is considered an important metric for some, definitely is it's, it's going to be a change for, for those people. But for those who are more click-centric, more results-oriented, or looking for more conversions, I truly believe that's going to be a very exciting moment because more relevant content, more relevant campaigns needs to be developed to be adapted in this new scenario.
1: Yeah, I like I like what you just said because it's something I've been saying for years now. <clears throat> when you think about the platforms like Facebook, Twitter... Google, YouTube, whomever, they can change their policies anytime without the need to have to come to you and ask for your permission. They don't need to request your permission. And you know, there's a lot of pressure on these big organizations to protect the consumers and it's getting more and more stringent. The one thing I've been advocating for a long time is the fact that once you've created a list of consumers that have expressed interest and expressed consent to get your material, that is one of the most powerful tools you have because you own that list, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And I think people, you know, there's a lot of discussion now around email being dead. And, you know, we we see the opposite, right? And I think we have to start to educate the consumers that you don't own Facebook, you don't own Google, you don't own Twitter, you may be a shareholder, so you own maybe a small portion of it, but not enough to make changes in the organization when you have a list of a hundred subscribers a thousand ten thousand a hundred thousand a million subscribers on your list and you are responsible and you do things the right way where you can segment audiences responsibly create your welcome series your nurturing lists your, all kinds of work workflows that you can create that becomes a super super powerful tool for an organization to have so that being said I guess, what do you foresee? What is the future of email marketing going to look like in the next year or two? You know, knowing that I think personally, emails are going to be even more powerful because there are going to be more rules and regulations coming to these big entities and they'll find ways around it and we'll find tools to work around the rules. But how should consumers be looking? What is the most important thing for a consumer to be doing today?
2: I believe, well, first of all, I have important to clarify that currently in 2021, the estimated email market market is around $7 billion mm-hmm. and they are foreseeing, expecting an increase to $17 billion in five years. So I don't believe at all that email market is that. For sure. It's the opposite. When WhatsApp came up, okay, now it's the end of the email and completely the opposite, I truly believe that's going to be probably the most important revenue revenue channel, uh, sorry, the most important channel, digital market channel in terms of return of investment. And uh, I truly believe as well, that's going to be a tool that will transitioning very well in this new scenario that we are seeing with social media and everything else. Because with email, as you just mentioned, you can segment very specifically. So from the customer perspective, I believe that they are willing and expecting to receive personalized information. So this is going to be another big shift. Every single marketer needs to understand that there's no more room to blast out a broadcast campaign, basically targeting 50,000 people at the same time with the same message. This is an important moment to segment your audience, look for their particular needs, it will require a different way way how you have to manage your email market campaigns, probably more time working on segments you have to work and invest, because you, as a subscriber, as a consumer, you are willing and, let's say, expecting to receive a very granular information about your needs. And that's the big change that I believe that's going to happen as well. As again, if I'm providing consent to receive uh, content from you. I expect to receive the best content that I, I can receive based on my needs. So this is going to be, in my opinion, a big change as well.
1: Also, do you think that just to wrap this up then, because I think we're getting close to time, but I think the other beautiful, beautiful part about email marketing is the fact that you've got the attention of the audience in their inbox versus, you know, uh, a search results page or a social platform where there's so much distraction and noise, Mm -hmm. right? Like when you're on Facebook or Instagram, I mean, it's post after post after post after post, right? With email marketing, it's concise. It's in the inbox. It's an email. It's got a subject, the body of the context, Mm -hmm. you know, and what you're trying to position and that's it. It's there. So, you know, you've got their attention for probably a little more focused time as opposed to a lot of noise everywhere else that's going on. So yes. um, I think that's a huge benefit of it as well.
2: Yes, every single internet user needs to have email. Right. In order to be on social media, you need to have email. In order to online, do an order online, you have to have email. There's no way to be online without email. Right. According to the stats, 99 percent of the email users, they open emails every single day. Right. In average, they open twenty times a day, so there's a lot to happen down. I'm now on, on the higher end of that average, that's <laughs> for
1: sure. So there's obviously a lot of moving pieces in the digital marketing space, and a lot of exciting stuff coming down the pipe. Um, I just want to thank you, Marino, for you know having this conversation with thank me you. today. I think it was super cool. Um, so you know, the world of digital marketing is ever evolving. It changes very rapidly. And, you know, part of our roles as marketers are to stay on top of what's happening and to educate you as consumers um, so that we can bring our best foot forward and give you the solutions that make sense, that align with your goals. So um, this is our fifth episode of Bruise and Buzzwords. There's going to be plenty more. And if you want to check out previous episodes, you can always hit it up on YouTube. Check us out there. Uh, I'm sure Marino and I will be doing a lot more of these and, you know, discussions as things evolve over the coming months and years. So keep a lookout for uh, videos that we'll be producing in the near future about all kinds of topics, but this is a really hot one right now. Uh, If you've got any feedback or you wanna let us know what you think about all of these privacy changes, what your thoughts are, hit us up on our YouTube channel, on our website, shoot us an email, we check them out all the time, as you know, Um, and we look forward to hearing from you uh, in the near future. See ya!